on radio. Right on radio. Narrating the end of the world. The end of the world. This news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. Providing the play-by-play for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to Right On Radio. This is going to be part two of this mini-series, and it will continue on the next show, but it will be a different set of characters. I want to just give a little bit of an intro here. All Almost everything goes back to the original lie in the garden. For when he says, if you eat of this tree, you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, obviously, it was a, it's what brought sin into the world. And that lie has continued because in it, I want to be clear with you, the way I see it, that is the magic trick, the life of illusion that is created. And it was a perfect lie. Satan is very cunning. You got to remember, he was Lucifer. He's been given a new name because he crawls upon the earth now. But he was a majestic, beautiful angel. And in that original lie was truth. So it's very hard to tell it apart because if I just read the statement for you, 
that if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. I paraphrase that. I apologize. I kind of have it memorized, but you get the gist of it. That was not a lie. It was truth. When they ate the fruit, they knew of good and evil, just like God does. But you see, the people who were seeking power in this world, the people who just worship mammon and maybe don't even believe in God and speak in his name or on his behalf because it's lucrative. You can judge, discern, I should say, uh, which teachings those belong to. I think there's a mix of both in this world and more. But you see the doctrine that people who believe it, the occultists, the the New Agers, the Gnostic texts, the Nar, all these people believe you'll become like God. And then they use texts like in Joel and the manifest sons of God. And they really believe they are going to transcend into just like God. He's the first God-man. We become the God-man. But they think what happens on earth. Yes, he is the first of a new creation, God and man. When Jesus came in the flesh and died sinless as the perfect sacrifice for our sins, that was the creation of a new being. And that's what we are welcomed into if we choose him. But we get transfigured or transformed, whatever word, I don't know which one is best. When we are absent from the flesh, we are present with him, and it happens like that. These people are trying to become gods, and there's many different factions going about it many different ways. Why? Because there's many different personality types. And Satan wants to make sure that he gets everyone. Now, you have to remember those in this world who are not truly born again, the devil already has. They already belong to him. The only way to be redeemed is by the blood of Christ, and that is being born again. So that makes two types of people in this world, born again and not born again. If the devil already has all the people who are not born again, who do you think he is targeting? He is targeting you, the born again person. Now, 
you know, there it's been widely said, look, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. Although we, we're called to have works because faith without works is dead. I'm going to read that to you after. But it isn't to earn your salvation. It's because you're born again and the Spirit lives in you and you have to. These people are perverting it. And the only ways that I am aware of, maybe there's more, to lose your salvation, if the devil's targeting you, he wants you to lose your salvation or at least to absolutely offend God terribly. Look, I got your born-again Christian to do my bidding. Those are obvious plots of the devil. Now, the word is very clear on two ways that you can lose your salvation. One is if you take the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, you will burn in the lake of fire. The second way is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe I could dig deeper on that, and maybe I should, to find out what that is. And I don't know if what these people are teaching, which I'm going to put it in the category uh, of what people who came out of the ministry who are SRA survivors, who knew about Luciferianism, say, they say it's Christian witchcraft. It's witchcraft is behind a mask of Christianity. And if you didn't hear the Sunday broadcast, the conclusion of chapter 7 in Matthew, I really pray you hear Jesus' words in that. I think you should do, you know, all of chapter 7 again, but hear it. Now, Jesus is the judge. I am not. I can't tell you if you, if someone in this church goes through this teaching and tries it, if they're going to go to hell, I'm not going to make that call. In fact, I, I pray not. I pray none of them go to hell. But if you're doing things that we're not permitted to do, at least these people are bringing curses upon themselves. I'm going to go through his own words, and I'm going to have a more controlled attitude than I did on Thursday. Truth be told, the show on Thursday, I almost didn't post it. I almost did it again, and I've never really done that before. But I felt I got too personal. I was angry. My emotions were coming forward. And this is too heavy of a topic to have emotion in it. But after that, I will say, after Thursday's show, I have talked with multiple multiple people who through one way or another were led to Dan DeVal 
couple of them were SRA survivors as well. And they told me of their experiences. I spent a lot of time on the phone this weekend. And uh, I feel more justified in my passion towards this subject. But having said that, look, Dan Duval and his ministry team are people. At least, at least I think they are. <laughs> you never know. Uh, with all this talk of sheep shifting and all oh, that's crap. But I'm, I'm assuming they're people. <laughs> so I'm just making light of it. Uh, it's a crazy time we live in. And hell wasn't made for people. So if I'm wrong in this information, then I will repent. Make no mistake about it. If I'm proved wrong, but I'm confident that I'm not wrong. I've sought the Lord. I've read his word. And, and if we hold his word as our standard, this is outside of it. And to compile on that, they're selling these concepts that are outside of the word of God, and it's to become like a super Christian. So there's there's a lot here, folks. Um, I'm going to get into his teaching in just a moment. Listen, I'm starting to get more and more testimonies from people about the mushrooms that we are selling at ror.petclub247.com. You have to put the ROR in there. That way I get a percentage. And by the way, um, you could too. Uh, when any of you buy, I basically get a, a small percentage of it. So it works out good. And if you feel that it's helping you, maybe you want to tell someone about it as well. Um, I'm going to ask you to send in some of your testimonials. I had that powerful one from Gina the other day. I have another one, but it's a five-minute video, and it's worth watching. I'll probably post it on Telegram. Um, just an incredible testimony. After years of battling with things, this woman, within two weeks, was like, no more headaches, no more this, no more that, all kinds of stuff. Like, it's it's a miracle testimony. and. You know, she it's not contrived. She wasn't even asked to do it. But I would appreciate your testimony written or in a video form. And they don't doesn't have to be long. Um, but please send your testimonies because I'm gonna actually start to market outside of this podcast. And if I could use some testimonials, that would really be helpful to me. So um folks, they're working. There's different kinds there. You have to look at what kind might be right for you. Essentially, there's four bottles. Um, and, you know, just look. Some are, one's better for the other, one thing. One thing's better for the other. But they all work the same way where they heal the immune system, help restore your immune system, 
and then it's your God-given immune system that fights off everything else. We weren't designed to be sick, folks. God did not make us to be sick. It's all the stuff, the poisons we've been putting into our bodies and stuff like that. And so this is a natural food supplement remedy that happens to be really powerful. So um, go to ror.petclub247.com. And if you do uh, want to give a testimony, you can send it in uh, on my email. I always put it in the description box of the or the comments of the video. Uh, right on Jeff at gmail.com. And also in the next week or so, uh, particularly next week, the beginning of February, uh, be on the lookout for an extra right on radio broadcast because I'm going to be talking about some, uh, well, just kind of a, an update and uh, talk about the right on community and, uh, and possibly even a gathering in person. So you'll want to pay attention to that. All right, I'm just going to start the video with just when he comes on the stage. I only covered his intro last time, folks. So just when he comes on to stage. And the title of this video, it's part one, and it's Elementals, Creation, and the Sons of God. And it's on Bride Ministries International channel. And who knows, you might like what you hear. I'm going to let him do a fair bit of speaking so you know that I'm not taking him out of context. Now for your regularly scheduled message. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to be taking a journey, friends, for the next six to eight weeks or longer. It, it may go on because a new book is opening up and it is on the subject of elementals, creation and the sons of God. The subject of elementals Elementals, in my experience, is not necessarily comfortable for the body of Christ. Some of you may be hearing me use that term, and you're like, what is that? And some of you may be listening to me use that term and be like, oh, I heard that term used when I was in the occult before I got saved, or the new age. Um and, and, and then uh, some of us, well, maybe we attended the conferences in South Africa and Australia, and we know exactly where this is going. I don't know. But, but the thing about a lot of things in the spirit world is that the body of Christ has been foreigners to it because we have a belief system that has been, you know, pretty widespread. Uh, there are a lot of believers, even now, you know, to this day, that believe Christians have no business in the spirit world. Um, yeah, because there's no specific scriptures saying that you should go and do battle or go into the spirit world. 
we are called to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. So we do operate out of the spirit. Make no mistake about that. But he's talking about the spirit world. And I think what he means, I think, is like the second heavens. But I'll let you see what you think. They think that Christians belong in a 3D mindset. They need to focus on what's practical only. They need to live a moral life, which is true. That part, yeah. And, and you know, do a good enough job so we get to go to heaven when we die. We don't want to lose our salvation or anything silly like that because of too much sin. So, so we have this very basic approach to life and spirituality that, that comes. Sorry, I... I... I don't want to interrupt too much, but body language is a big part of the conversation. And for those of you who are listening on Podbean, you know, he kind of bent back and did air quotes. We don't want to lose our salvation. The fact that that's in context of what he's teaching and he's saying most Christians aren't comfortable with this, maybe it's because they read the Bible. And you don't want to lose your salvation. No, I certainly don't. Comes about through the teaching and preaching of the message, right? And so when people say, well, you know, I, I, I go into the spirit and I do this and I do that, like that, that's language that some Christians, like they just slough off. They're like, the only people that go into the spirit are the sorcerers and the witch doctors and the people that do lots of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> the only people who go into the spirit are cultists, Satanists, and people who do lots of drugs. He's telling you, but we'll just keep listening. DMT, anybody? So, so they, um, they, uh, they, they really. They, they push against it. I remember uh, a taboo term that I used to use. I still do. Um, but it used to be really taboo. People really pushed back on me when I started talking about portals. I don't know what it was about that word. People hated it. People hated it. I'm like, why do you hate this word? Well, we, we're Christians. We don't use portals. I'm like, have you ever walked inside of a house? Yeah. Well, how did you get in there? I went through the door. Then you've used a portal. It's an entranceway. Come on, man. Like, you know, the, the thing is, portal portal is not limited to the 3D world. Like, when you talk about portals, it's like, you know, you can cross dimensional planes with a portal or a wormhole or something of that nature. And then, you know, you, you, you know who is the ultimate portal? Jesus. You know why? Because he said, I am the door. The door to what? The realm of his own kingdom. So you are citizens in heaven. I'm like, you guys missed the whole point, didn't you? It's like, well, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. It's like, dude, you were in heaven the moment you got saved. You are so confused, friends. And the reason why is because of the ultimate portal named Jesus. So let's just, you know. So, so Okay, so to equate a portal to a door. So this is, this is a manipulation. I told you I'm going to give you some of the tricks. No, you've been through it. It's a portal. It's nothing. Just, you know, you've been through a door. Why are you scared? Jesus is the door. You're told it's good. 
I'm going to go there when I die. Ah, you're missing it, Christian. Oh, oh, I'm missing it. Jesus, the ultimate portal. What am I missing? See, so he's setting a foundation here and he's planting seeds about you going through a portal. He's getting you to think about it right now. He's still got to convince you, but he's normalizing it. And then he even says, it's just a way to go into different dimensions. Why are you stuck in your 3D mind, dude? Um, and by the way, yes, we were transferred into the kingdom system as soon as we are born again. That is true. This is not heaven. That is a false claim. If this is heaven, um, doesn't quite match the descriptions I read in the Bible. So that used to be a real big problem for me. Now I'm going to create another problem for myself because I'm just going to start talking about this stuff. And it's, it's hot, you know, elementals. And, 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 and um, the Greek term for this, okay, stoikion, elementals. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to, in this series, call them elementals just because it's, it's going to make more sense for people that are coming into the conversation to use an English term. Um, but as we get more in touch with the supernatural and the spiritual aspect of our purpose as children of God, literally it's called elementals, creation, and the sons of God. As we come into a higher understanding, revelation of what we're here to do, our purpose, our identity, our mandate, we are being thrust into realms requiring language, new language, definitions. We are being forced to face the reality of what exists in the spirit realm, define it according to the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the occult and defiled perspectives of how the spirit realm functions, and then engage through legitimate gates. Okay, so a couple things here that I want you to watch out for because again, he's planting seeds. He's this man is not stupid. I'll tell you that he's not stupid and he's thought a lot about this. He's not winging us. He says we're going to be confronted with new things and we need a new language. And you notice he said, uh, elementals mean it's the word is stoikion. In the Greek, I haven't looked it up. I don't care. But he doesn't say what the Greek means. If the, Why did you bring that up? Is there a deeper meaning? But he, the point is, he's saying we're going to need a new language. And you're going to hear him introduce some newer terms. And just like you see happening in society today, by the way, the people who, the deletes, as I like to call them, of the world, how are they making transformation in the West? They're changing the language. You need to have a new language. And they've been planting these seeds just like he is now. He's going to do it in a much shorter span of time. They're not playing the longer game. But, you know, one of the first recollections is when you know, the word gay, which means happy. That is the dictionary definition or was. Now, if someone says that they're gay, uh, you're a homosexual. 
So they start to change the words. Um, Michael Jackson's song, Bad, it meant good. Oh, yeah, I'm, he's bad. That means good. Now you get into this whole woke thing, and I don't need to give you the glossary of terms, but introducing a new language if you want to convince people to follow along and also separate people. It separates people because some people won't go along with it. Some people have held fast against, no, don't, I'm not going along with your woke crap like me. I've held against it. So it doesn't work on everybody. And they start to divide. Who will go along with this? Who will start using these new terms? And when they come up and they want to impress Dan after the service, Dan, your sermon was so brilliant, man. I really get that stoiky on. Dan knows, okay, you're in my camp. It gets more complicated than that, but I just, I don't want to overdo it here. Let's continue listening. Because there's a lot of stuff that is out of whack in this. How, how many of you have noticed that there's some things that are out of alignment in the earth, right? So we Hold on. I thought we were in heaven. How come things are out of alignment? Just catching it, folks. They can't keep the story straight, can they? Even even to like weather patterns that are out of alignment. We're not going to talk about banking systems because, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, now I want you to listen to this very closely, okay? He only does it for a second, banking systems. I touched on it last weekend, but hear it for yourself right here. Oh, wow. Are there tremors? Are there tremors? Let me tell you something. Yeah, one of the things on the prophetic uh, calendar of God is a new economic system he's going to bring into the earth. I, I promise you that's going to happen. It's been on my docket for years and years. I, I can't tell you what it is or what it looks like yet. I'm still trying to work out the details. But anyway. So... He has access to the prophetic calendar. Well, well, that's that's nice of God to share that with him. But he says God is going to bring in a new financial system and that he can promise you. Tell me. And, and, and by the way, then he continues to say, and it's been on my docket for a long time because I'm God's chosen one. That's the infer that's the inference. I'm better than you. That's why you need to learn from me. That's the inference that is being put forth. This is trickery. This is creating an illusion. I'm not overstating this. As I mentioned last time, I was trained in this and I was shown the tricks and these are the tricks. He learned from someone at a high level. I can guarantee you that. This stuff, people don't just come up with. They're taught it. Now, concerning the financial system, and that's really off topic here, but he just threw it in. Um, I suspect it would be my opinion he would throw it in because he's doesn't want you to lose confidence with all the negative signs that are out there, um, and he wants you to pay for something. Like probably this new book that is being given to us. 
you know, like what he called it. It's not even a book. It's a heavenly scroll, he said, you know, and it'll just be in his library that God lets him go to. <laughs> um, where in the Bible does it say God will bring in a new financial system? I'm really curious because I've studied the Bible from beginning to end through the lens of stewardship and wanting to know what God says about money. And I have not seen that. Now, don't take my word for it. Be the Berean. Search the word out for yourself to find the answer. But the only indication of a new financial system well, actually, there there are some indications that we'd be going into the financial system that we're in now. Um, in fact, there's many indicators of that. Uh, we'd go into a, a debt slave system, essentially. Uh, the Bible warns about that, and we're there, obviously. But then the only other financial system that the Bible mentions is one where if you refuse to take the mark, you will not buy or sell. So is that God, Yahuwah, Jesus Christ bringing in a new system? Or is he speaking of another Christ that's going to come and stand in the temple? I'm not a judge, but if I'm just going to use common logic and deduction, having listened to this three times now, I'm going to suggest to you that it's the false Christ that's going to stand in the temple. Anyway, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to engaging the spirit world as Christians, there is there, there are legitimate ways to do it and illegitimate ways to do it. Okay, transcendental meditation, illegitimate way. Third eye open, illegitimate way. Astral projection of soul parts, illegitimate way. Well, Daniel, what if my soul parts like to leave the body and do stuff in the spirit because they're afraid of the uh, torment I might have in the natural realm? Well. You need some inner healing in the name of Jesus. We got coaches, coach.bridemovement.com. Okay. So again, this is very deceptive. And what he's doing here, so he's saying there's legitimate ways to interface and there's illegitimate ways. And he gives away the obvious ones. Hey, transcendental meditation, you know, you've been a Christian for a little while now. You know that's wrong. Okay. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Um, what was the other one he mentioned? Yeah, there's a couple. But what he said was astral projection of your soul. Okay? In fact, I gotta re I'll rewind it. Just that little bit. I want you to hear carefully what he says. promise you that's going to happen. It's been on my docket for years and years. I, I can't tell you what it is or what it looks like yet. I still trying to work out the details but anyway anyway here's the thing here's the thing when it comes to engaging the spirit world as christians there is there, there are legitimate ways to do it and illegitimate ways to do it okay transcendental meditation illegitimate way third eye open illegitimate okay yeah third eye open obviously everyone knows that illuminati thing uh, illegitimate way he says okay but listen to this part really closely Legitimate way. Astral projection of soul parts, illegitimate way. Astral projection of soul parts, illegitimate way. 
Now, the reason he is saying that is just like I covered a little bit last week when he said he sends his spirit out. So he said, no, 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 no. What they teach, what the occult teaches is bad. You know, astral projection of sending your soul out, that's bad. No, he goes, I send my spirit. <laughs> that's what he's going to be teaching here today, folks. So he says astral projection bad because people want to hear that. But when he talks about it and he changes the words, he brings in new language to support it. Oh, that sounds right. This is not that bad stuff. It's only the good stuff. Hey, well, Daniel, what if my soul parts like to leave the body and do stuff in the spirit because they're afraid of the uh, torment I might have in the natural realm? Well, you need some inner healing in the name of Jesus. We got coaches, coach.bridemovement.com, right? Because those... <laughs> nice little plug for his coaching service. That was That was a good transition. Um, but he names a very specific thing. And, you know, people who have soul fragments are basically SRA people, which his ministry, well, according to people who have gone through his ministry and their video testimonies are available online, he has been backwards engineering their stories and trying to do it. And he's, and he's done a lot of damage with them. Um, trying to get them to do the same thing, but in uh, his, I hate saying the word Christian way because it's not. Well, let's just keep listening. Guys, they got to stop leaving the body. Like we're not teaching astral projection, third eye, transcendental meditation, this kind of stuff. These are not legitimate ways to engage the spirit world. But let me tell you what is the human spirit. The human spirit is the aspect of us that was designed to engage the spirit world as an agent of heaven. The soul is designed to operate in the body primarily, right? And, and the spirit and the soul are designed to work together on either side of the, we can call it a veil, right? Okay. So our spirit is designed to operate in the spirit <laughs> we don't have to leave our bodies we pray to god we pray in the spirit we have the spirit of god in us our soul is part of us our soul is our personality the spirit is the breath of life that was given to us from god and our flesh is just our flesh suit okay but he's making a very complex pitch here and then he says, on the other side of the veil. So now he's transitioning to, we don't teach astral projection, but your spirit man is supposed to be over there. Okay? That's what he's saying. Now I'm going to keep playing it here and just for a moment, and then I'm going to stop it again because I'm going to have to. The spirit of man is designed to do work on the spiritual side of the veil and the soul of man is designed to work through the body on the physical side of the veil now what's the veil well you can compare that to the door or the portal that he brought up at the very beginning there was a reason why he mentioned those but now he's changing the words because veil sounds so much oh yeah 
I know a girl who wears a veil over her face. She's holy. You see, language and words are important. There's a reason why Jesus calls himself the word of God. So when we are properly aligned, we are navigating both realities simultaneously and effectively with fruit following. This is kingdom living. Kingdom living is living on both sides of the veil. So, so living on both sides of the veil, he's talking about going into different dimensions into the second heaven, operating there, and you'll have fruit following. And then he uses the term, this is kingdom living. Now, I just want to address, I, I looked up every scripture that I could find in the Bible that talked about the relationship between the spirit and the soul. And there's a lot. There's a lot of scriptures. But I think the most accurate and the shortest one even is from James uh, 2. Oh, where do they go? Give me a second. James 2. Ah, there it is. Sorry. Verse 17. James 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith also, if it has no works, is dead by itself. Sorry, I, I wanted to read the verse before that. Oh, my. Hold on. I don't have the large reading. Give me a second. I really need more powerful glasses. I had to pause it for a second to find it. <laughs> I had it pulled up. I just don't have it highlighted. Um, verse 26 of James 2. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So we know that faith without works is dead. That's a whole other teaching. But it's very clear here, and that's the context that it's in, faith without works. But he compares that to something that's more real. And he says, just as the body without the spirit is dead. So maybe that doesn't address your spirit leaving your body um, as clear, but if it says your, you know, your body without your spirit is dead, um, I wouldn't want to send my spirit out. That's the way I see it. Um, you can decide. So this is this, this, this when when it gets into the administration of sonship. I don't believe sonship can be administrated with a weak, broken spirit. This is one of the reasons why at Bride Ministries, we are absolutely committed to getting people's spirit man ministered to, strong and engaged in its assignment and calling, right? We are spirit, soul, and body. And the truth is, this message on elementals, 
uh, this message is not explicitly for the soul. This message is not just so that you could be like, okay, as a soul, I'm going to learn this knowledge and become more book smart on the subject. No. No, this is a book that's opening so that as we come into alignment as the sons of God, we can step more deeply into our purpose and mandate from heaven. Okay, so this is a book that is opening. So it's new revelation. It's a book that's opening to us. And he says their their top priority is to minister to the spirit man. Aren't you made up of spirit, soul, and body? Why does there need to be a separation? Don't the three work together? A separation. Because here is what this drives towards. Okay, I'm going to give you a statement. I'm going to be repeating it for week after week after week. All right, you are a heavenly being having an earthly experience for the redemptive purposes of God to the creation. You are a heavenly being. We're here for the redemptive purposes of God to the creation. We are called to steward the creation. There's a big difference. He's saying that we are called to redeem it. Who is the redeemer? There's only one. Do you see how it goes back to the original lie in the garden? I'm not I'm not making a stretch of this. I'm not. I've listened to enough of this stuff to know exactly what they're doing and i'm pointing out to you the finite details of their deception you are a heavenly being having an earthly experience for the redemptive purposes of god to the creation well i thought i was supposed to come here get saved and say saved that's called a reduced gospel You've been given a reductionist version of God's purpose for your life. Let me give you a more expanded version. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, all of creation groans in anticipation awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. You are a heavenly being having an earthly experience for the redemptive purposes of God to the creation. Now, Okay, so he just quoted Romans 8, and it had the the buzzwords that he likes because he wants to talk about, um, you know, dominion and authority, taking back the land, doing this, redeeming creation, which is what he's exactly talking about right now. And he wants to talk about the sons of God, the manifest sons of God, which when you really find out what they mean by it, when you listen to them, when you read their books... They think that you're going to become like a super Christ here on earth. And I think there might be some truth to that, but it's not from God. But I want to read what he just quoted from, and I'm going to read it in context. From verse 18 of Romans 8. 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For e for the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only that, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that has not who that is seen is not hope. For hope is for what already sees, but if we hope for what we do not see, through perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Look, Paul, (laughs) his sentences are very deep. But this is not creation waiting for us to get saved and redeem that rock or redeem that beach. I don't believe that's what's saying. All of creation is fallen because of the fallen nature. And creation, you know, when Jesus says, if you didn't praise me, these rocks would. Because all of the earth, everything is held together by God. Every molecule is held together by God. And they want, and it wants to be right with God as well. It wants to be, not that it has a personality, not that it can be saved or anything like that. It wants to be more in alignment with God. It does not like the sinful nature. Childbirth pains did not come into man until sin came into man, and it does not come out until you were redeemed. Now, if he is correct, and just using these passages, well, he's not correct. Because let me tell you, okay, maybe people in his church, the women who are saved, tell me that they don't have birth pains if they give birth. Really? Were they saved from that? Look, the guy's yard is flooded and he can't get the water out of it, yet he wants to redeem all of creation. A moment to uh, bless your spirits, those of you online as well, right? We're going to all pull our spirits into this because, you know, honestly, I think your spirit's probably more excited about this conversation than your soul anyway. (laughs) So, you know, right now, I, 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 I just speak to those, you know, online, those in the room. I bless your spirits in. You know what? Um. I'm going to stop this because 
I don't know if it is a cursing. Can and I'm not call, I'm not saying he's an occultist. It sounds like it. I don't know. But can someone put curses on you and make it sound like a prayer in Jesus' name? I would tell you yes. And occultists would tell you yes. Um, that is not to be afraid to pray with people. But if someone starts praying something that is highly unusual, like your soul isn't so happy, but your spirit is jumping, they can't wait to hear this. Um, back off or just in your mind say, I don't receive this prayer, Lord. Lord, protect me from it. Um, I got. I'm going to skip forward. I th if you want, if you want to hear it, it's at. Uh, I'm stopping it at 41 minutes and 11 seconds. I'm just going to go ahead about a minute, and we'll see where he's at. Of Jesus, I declare that you are empowered. All right, need to go a little bit further. So he's decreeing and declaring. <laughs> Bombard human spirits, bringing encouragement, life in all belief systems, like literally belief systems all over the world, acknowledge elementals. Now, in the church, we don't really hear about it much, but. Okay, so I, I, this was a good fast forward. If there's a reason why. He's bringing up all the other churches, all the other religions. They all believe this except for you. Except for you, Christian. That's right. Because we are set apart. But let's let it let's hear what he has to say. It's not because it's not in our sacred texts. It's not. And I'm going to prove it to you later. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, we've just ignored it. The, um, the, the subject of elementals historically has comprised an undeniable influence on the world we experience um, and, 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 and for that reason makes, there, makes its way into many belief systems because without elementals, you wouldn't even experience reality the way that you do. So, so we could start with, with Hinduism, right? Where are elementals in Hinduism? Well, they show up in the Vedas, right? They have uh, a whole list. Bumi, what is that? Earth, Apas, water, Agni, fire, Vayu, wind, and Akasa, which they call aether or void. They have five elementals, and it's it's um, just part of the belief system, right? In Buddhism, uh, in, in in the Pali literature, you have. Four elements or great elements known as earth, fire, air, and water. In the Buddhist philosophies, they use these as the basis for understanding suffering and liberating oneself from suffering. It's just built right in. Hinduism, Buddhism. It's in Japanese philosophy. In, and, and they call them the godai, the, the five great. They are earth, fire, 
air, water, and void. And, and um, they borrowed it from Indian Vashtu Sastra philosophy um, and, and, uh, and Buddhist beliefs. You know, um, in astrology, you also have 12 sides of the zodiac. Now, I don't endorse astrology as a legitimate belief system, right? We do not worship the stars as sons and daughters of God. In fact, we are on the other side of it calling the stars to give praise to our God. We command the stars to praise the Lord because if you've ever read Psalm 148, it says, stars, praise him. Yeah, it doesn't say we command the stars to praise him. What are you going to do? Sit there at night and say, okay, uh, Orion, your turn. Go, go, praise him. Praise him. But it speaks of significant power that you are. You are to be like God. Knowing both good and evil. Like God. But here's the deal. As we look at the astrology as a belief system, you have 12 signs of the zodiac broken up into four quadrants. And those four quadrants are known as earth, fire, air, and water. So you have earth signs, fire signs, air signs, water signs. What does that mean? That means that everybody seems to understand that elementals are a thing. All of these belief systems, they all acknowledge it. So what happened to us? Right? We were just the last one to, you know, the last of the party, I call it. Last to the party. It's really interesting. You know, just because it doesn't make its way into traditional teaching does not mean it's not sitting, staring there at us in the face. And, and, and the truth is, the Bible acknowledges a lot of things that we don't spend much time acknowledging, um, including the Zodiac. Because the Bible mentions what's called the Maseroth in Job 38 and verse 32. It says, can you bring out Maseroth in its season or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Well, yeah, the great bear is a constellation and, and, and the Maseroth is the zodiac. It's, it's literally the 12 signs. Now, the Bible doesn't teach us to uh, follow star signs, right, to get prophetic insights on what we're supposed to live or our personality type from these things. But it does acknowledge them as part of the creation. Why? How many of you know God created the stars? So if there's a zodiac in the sky, it's because he put it there. But sometimes we get confused on what we're supposed to worship and who's supposed to be worshipped. So, so when we worship the wrong thing, when we worship the creation rather than the creator, that becomes an iniquity. That becomes a defilement. Right. So when we have seven sisters worship happening with the Khoisan in South Africa and the original people group in Australia also worshiping that same star sign, the Pleiades, the seven sisters, that original worship became an ancient iniquity in the land, in both places. This is the kind of stuff. Right. So. So. Did you know that uh, uh, God wants to heal land? Did anybody in here know that? Now, do you guys think that land can intercede for itself? That's a, yeah, that's a rough sell. 
It's a rough sell. Land, la land needs an intercessor. Land needs an advocate. Which is why God has people on assignment. This is called an upgrade. So, so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you hear the word? It's called an upgrade. I'm I'm biting my tongue because I don't want I don't want to pick apart every single word he says. I want you to hear him in context. But <laughs> when did Jesus say, Peter, go and heal that rock? <laughs> Silly, but it sounds good. Because I'll tell you what, if you are a farmer or if you have a garden, of course you would pray over your land. Lord, I pray you'd give me a bountiful harvest this year. Lord, I pray you would keep the bugs away. What you wouldn't do is say, I command you land in the name of Jesus. Hold on. Because Jesus doesn't give me the right. And that if I'm commanding the land in the name of Jesus, I'm commanding Jesus too. I'm not like God. We are not gods. I'm going to cut this off in a minute. Uh, there's like another... 40 minutes of prayer and, and his, uh, or of teaching. Is there that much? Yeah. Yeah. About 40 minutes. And uh, at this pace, we're not going to get very far, but I think you get the gist. Interestingly enough, as we're driving down this path of understanding, okay. Elementals are part of every belief system. And we are uh, uh, looking at, well, okay. So why haven't we been talking about it? I'm going to give you guys a, a, a knowledge drop that's really shocking, really shocking. Um, how many of y'all saw the Arky series online or were here for it in person, right? Yeah, some of us. Okay. If you haven't gotten that, you should really listen to that series. It's, I left it up on YouTube so that, you know, people could come back because we used to get so many questions like, what is this Arky thing that Daniel's always talking about? It's in his prayer books. Like, how are we supposed to understand this concept? I left the eight-part series online so everybody can understand exactly what I mean by that term. But, but um, that, that, that is a concept that was being explored by a lot of Greek philosophers at a certain point. Because Arche, in, in, in its uh, definition, means beginning. That's one of its definitions. It, it, it means beginning. It also means other things like original jurisdiction, magistrate, right? It has govern, governance aspects of it but also it it literally means beginning so when all right so he's introducing a new word archy and you have to listen to an eight-part series apparently to understand it but it has the overriding thing of everything that he likes to sell about dominion magistrate so that means you're you're the one putting down the legislation you're the one writing the law you're the one like 
because I want you to really get a sense of what he's saying here. And I don't want to miss out on giving you an important lesson based on what he's saying. I know you've probably had enough of listening to this, but I want you to truly understand how the deception works. It isn't, a, this isn't about him. And this isn't even about, well, it is about the, the, the bad doctrine. Of course it is. But it's not about him. It's not about bride ministries. For me, this is about you understanding and being aware of how this deception and manipulation takes place. When you see the term archi, the counterpart in the Hebrew would be Bereshit, which is the term the Bible begins with. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is Bereshit bara Elohim Shemaim Eretz in Hebrew. So, so these Greeks were trying to understand archi as a concept of beginning. They're trying to figure out for a long time what is archi. And you know how they were approaching this question? From the perspective of elementals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is absolutely, absolutely true. So, so before they had the term stoikion in Greek, which means elementals, they just knew that there were four roots. And there's a guy named Empedocles. And, and I know this is true because I read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And anyway, um, no, but uh, 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 he, this guy suggested that there were four roots, right? This is, this is just history. And, and the four roots, he called them earth, fire, air, and water. And he comes behind a whole string of philosophers that are trying to figure out the substance of Archie, which they're like, okay, considering as first principle. All right. So he goes off a little bit long, but he's justifying his use of a new language. He's tying it into what he's doing now, which is elementals. <sighs> Folks, uh... Look, I, I'm going to leave this with you. Uh, I personally can't take any more of it. I, I've heard this like three times, this particular teachings. I wanted to make sure that I understood what he's saying. And I don't want you to take my word for it. Do I really want you to watch it? No, but that's up to you. You're a free will person. I'm just going to tell you where it goes. And you'll have to take my word for it or watch it for yourself. Essentially, to deal, he's he says there's the spirits of the water and there's the spirits of the air, and so not only do we have to, you know, that he wants you to battle with the second heaven guys, you know, which is part of that uh, the Nar philosophy <clears throat> that'll get you killed. You are not supposed to go and battle angels. It doesn't tell you to do that anywhere in scripture. But now there's more boogeymen. There's one in the sea and there's one in the wind and there's one in the fire and there's one in the ground. And now we have all these other entities. And what he's getting to is you need to send your spirit man before you to deal with these elementals because your spirit's meant to go on the other side of the veil. These are his words, not mine. Okay. Uh, please tell I'm, I'm exposing it. 
I'm not preaching it. What he is teaching is astral projection, but what he's telling you to do is he says to you're using your spirit man. And essentially you're putting your face on a spirit guide or whatever entities you run into are going to use the disguise like it's you. This is so bad, folks. This is setting up people to think that they are gods. And this is going to progress and progress. And as we get into the final stages of the deception, and it's happening now, you're seeing the convergence of all the faiths coming in. And next program, we're going to do one of the other faiths, which is science, which is basically saying all this exact stuff, but in an even more believable way for the masses. This is alchemy. This is about the transmutation of yourself or to be transfigured into the manifest sons of God. This is all setting up the end time scenario. Make no mistake, this whole thing, it's not complicated. It's God versus the devil, good versus evil, born again against not born again, and not born again against born again. That's the same battle. It's really that simple. And if you think that your neighbor, who's the nicest person, she's such a sweet old lady, she's not born again. She's not for you. She's against you. Because her belief system criticizes and mocks your belief system. God divides the people. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to explain to you the differences and the deception. It either is in alignment with the word of God or it's not. There is no new revelation. God is not adding another chapter to the book at this point. The end of the book was written. It will be fulfilled. And all of these things that are happening is to fulfill. Well, there that is that that's not God's side. I'm I'm gonna make that judgment on my own. Lord forgive me if I said it out loud and I'm wrong. But I think it's pretty clear. We are not called to do these things. Um, join our prayer. 
Wednesday night, if you would. It's at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on Telegram. Uh, if you do join our Telegram channels, if you're not on there yet, you should be. Um, when you join, there's a robot that says, hey, and whatever your name is, you have to respond to that or you won't be able to post, okay? So don't just join and then leave the channel. Give it a second. The little robot's going to pop up and say, hi, Sue, or Don, or Jane. And you have to respond to it, and then you can start posting. So I just want to let you know that as well. And uh, just a couple questions that I've been getting real quick. Um, a lot of people have been asking me recently if I'm still involved with My Liberty Stand. Yes, I am. I absolutely love the products. They've probably got me for life, to be honest. Like, I can't imagine using a new toothpaste. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine going back to the old stuff. Like, just the, the and their cleaning products and stuff like that, I can't imagine. Um, but I haven't been advertising it as much because people stop signing up, <laughs> you know. And if I say it two or three times in a row and people don't, don't uh, contact me, then... It's kind of a bit of a waste of breath. I will bring it up from time to time, however, because we do get new listeners and uh, I want to give them the opportunity to shop with us as well. Look, you're spending your money, um, you know. Anyways, you may as well spend it on, you know, Made in America and way better for you and your family. Uh, if you are going to do it, though, just send me an email uh, right on jeff at gmail.com. And, uh, and please don't forget, I think so important, folks, if you're able to, they're not that much, but 300 bucks is a lot of money for some people, but that's after the coupon, they're about 300 bucks. You should really be getting these EMP shields, folks. I suspect it's this year and probably sooner than later, we're going to have some events, what they're going to look like. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying if, uh, if your phones go out and all the communications out if you can drive your car or if you if you can get your fridge to work with the generator or something or if your power comes back on if it's an EMP hit your stuff is still good 300 bucks for a whole house surge protector that works against EMP attacks smart investment empshield.com use coupon code ROR to save 50 dollars God bless each and every one of you. Remember, love your God. Put him first. Love your family. Love your neighbor as yourself. And remember, your great commission is to really try to tell them. Don't try. Tell them about the love of Jesus Christ and maybe do it without so many words. But we need to start witnessing the people more and more right now. Time is getting short is my sense. And if you do that, you certainly will be making a difference in your community.